Good evening, everyone. Welcome to another edition of 11 Mile Sessions Live. I'm your host, Scott Bullright, as always. Got all kinds of great videos, as always. And coming up at 7 o'clock, we have the gentleman Dan Hazlett with us for a live studio performance from 7 to 8. So stick around for that. You're going to enjoy that as well. Right now, I'm going to start off with a video by a group that is going to be here uh, next week. They're going to be here at 7 o'clock to do a live band performance for us. So if you like this video and you like the music, well, you know where to be and where to tune in next week. So anyway, we're going to start off with a video by the band Zero King. And this is a track called Soldier's Song.
dream don't feel a thing Love our heroes, they said Rip service of formality Like a Little red. 
That is the Orbit Suns with, uh, if you haven't been able to figure it out yet, My Red Neck of the Woods. That's their latest uh, video there. And they're going to be playing the Corktown Sounds Benefit happening uh, a week from Saturday, February 4th. That's happening at uh, McShane's Pub and Whiskey Bar, the Lager House, and Nancy Whiskey's. That's a benefit that's going to go to um, a sidewalk strolling festival that happens in July and August that I put together where 12 acts slash bands perform in front of 12 different locations along Michigan Avenue in Corktown and present you with their wonderful Detroit talent and uh, different musical styles. And uh, we want to make sure we keep this going and we're able to pay those musicians a decent wage, which they deserve. All right. Uh, Before that, of course, we heard Zero King with Soldier Song, and they're going to be here next week for a live band performance. Right now, we're going to switch over to some bands that are going to be at the Lager House, uh, again, mentioning that place over in Corktown, 1254 Michigan Avenue. And these three bands are going to be there tomorrow night, Doors at 8. So we're going to start off with a band called The Rearrangements, and this is a track called Once I Was. Disappear before your horizon 
That is the seatbelts, the one and only seatbelts. They've been around a long time. You know, a couple different members here and there, changeovers, but other than that, since the late 70s here in the Detroit area. That is their uh, video, Joyride, if you hadn't been able to figure that out yet. Before that, Blasty's Back Road with Realized Here, and we started off with Once I Was by The Rearrangements. All three playing the Lager House in Corktown tomorrow, doors at 8. All right, um, Saturday at 8 o'clock, also at the Lager House, we've got a couple of great bands that are going to be playing, the Glass Flowers and Teddy Roberts and the Mouths. I was afraid I wasn't going to be able to say that clearly, but anyway, <laughs> let's start off with a video by the Glass Flowers, and this is one of theirs called Please Say I Do. Under the rug Yeah, 
The waitress turns around
sunglasses on.
All right. That was Elspeth and Trembley and the Treatment with a song called Ambition. And that was recorded at uh, PJ's Lager House. It is the Lager House now, but back when that was recorded, it was still PJ's. And uh, also as well, Bitchcraft doing a live song there and also at PJ's. Before that, I'm not sure how to pronounce the name of the band. It's Alcidae or Alcidae. It's spelled A-L-C-I-D-A-E. And that was a track called Untrue, recorded live at Trixie's Bar in Hamtramck. Before that, Gone by 45 was the name of that song, and that was by Popular Creeps. All four of those bands playing the Sanctuary in Hamtramck, formerly Paychecks, Saturday and Doors are at 7. Before that, of course, we heard Teddy Roberts and the Mouse with Shades On and the Glass Flowers doing Please Say I Do, again playing Lagerhouse Saturday at 8. All right, we're going to switch over to a band that's going to be playing the Otis Supply tomorrow night. 7 o'clock. I couldn't find some other videos, but this band will definitely be there. Doors at 7, so if you like this one. Remnos, and this is a video called Both Are Blood. Keeping busy 
counting sheep just fading in and out of sleep
Okay, that was Milk Bath, another one recorded at PJ's Lager House. Boy, if you could compile all the th- songs that have been filmed at that place over the last 15 years, you could probably be kept busy for months. Anyway, that was uh, Milk Bath. And before that, Wanna 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 by Dear Darkness, both of them playing a new place called the Lexington Bar in Detroit. Look that up on Facebook or wherever you can find it. going to finish off with Planet Dinonet. They're going to do a uh, matinee, 4 o'clock. This Sunday at the Kaju Cafe on the east side. And stick around. I'll see you at 7 with Dan Hazlett doing a live performance for us. Meanwhile, this is Planet Dinonets, and this is the song Caravan.
It's that time. It's a little bit after 7 o'clock. You know what that means, a live performance. And in the studio, I have with me today, Dan Hazlett. How you doing, Dan? Great. Nice to see you, Scott. What? It's up. <laughs> They're trying to tell me we're live. Anyway. Um, yeah. Um, so, we got about an hour to go here. we got plenty of songs that we want to hear you play. What are you going to start out with? Oh, I could start out with the... This is kind of a go-to song because it's it's pretty easy to play. <laughs> so I usually often head up, start out with this one. Also a guitarist, that's the way I would describe you if I did. 
talk about you to somebody else? Well, you know, uh, I've worn a whole lot of hats. I'm an old person <laughs> now if it's 70. So um, I've worn a lot of hats in the music industry over the years. And uh, one of them being instructor. And, and I uh, came to understand that, uh, you know, if you ask someone how they define themselves, what do you do? For me, it's songwriter. Songwriter is the first thing on my list. And there are a lot of people that are wonderful musicians that write songs. And if you ask them, they'd be, yes, I'm a guitarist, I'm a piano player, you know, they'd be something else. And, but there are certain people who are just compelled to do this, you know, and the song shows up and knocks on your door and says, I am going to be written and you are the guy that has to do it. And, and, and you feel compelled in that way. And uh, it took me 20 years of writing songs. I wrote songs for 20 years before I went, oh, that's what I am. <laughs> I'm a songwriter. I played in bands. I'd done all the other things. But, you know, it, melody and words. I mean, that's the, the just to strip everything else away. It, it, you know, if you don't have a great set of melody and words, then you really don't have anything. That, that little single thing that we create called the songs, it, it, everything's built on it. So to, to focus on that work is, has turned out to be something that, uh, that compels me the most. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I'm a pretty good guitarist, you know. But, but songwriting is my go-to thing. Yep. You know, uh, I know a lot of guitarists, for instance. You know, I know hundreds of them. And almost every one of them pretty much can do something I don't know how to do. You know, I can't say that they're all better than me, but I'm certainly not better than other people either, you know. That's, you know but nobody can write my songs. <laughs> I'm the only one. It's not a competition, really. It's no, just a it's question not. of, you know, I do my thing, you do your thing, and hopefully exactly. everybody enjoys it. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm making the statement that comes to me that's, that's personal to me, and if, I just hope I do it well, you know. There you go. All right, what would you like to do for us now? <clears throat> this is a song... It started out, I wrote this song, you know, like so many of my other songwriting friends, I got real busy during the nice little break that <laughs> the universe oh, offered us. And, uh, and so this song came out of that period of time. And, you know, it's, uh, I was looking at how just sort of depressing and awful our culture was looking to me and you know all the things in the news and all the way people were screaming at each other and so I, the character in the song is basically he's whining he's complaining about how terrible everything is and and so the song was called what happened to this town? <laughs> and I liked the music and I thought it was well written but when I would play it I would go oh I don't want to feel this way. Mm -hmm. Why am I? I wouldn't give this to an audience, you know? So I was on the verge of let's just, uh, you know, scrap that song. Let's just abandon it. 
And then I thought, how about if I flip everything in the lyric on its head and write the exact opposite? Ah, there you go. Let me just write it so it became a welcome to this town instead mm. of what after this town is. And I took all the stuff that I thought was negative and I tried to find the more positive way to say it. So that's what the song's about. Let's put up a bigger fence Folks round here Say welcome to this town Mabel is our mayor A job she does part-time Mostly she's the baker Makes a killer key line Folks round here Say welcome to this town might fit. We're still skinny dip down at the gravel pit. Who needs infinity pools? Multimedia rooms. Sit on down. Welcome to this town. Abdul is a mechanic, so You don't mind a little rust Folks round here Say welcome to this town Abe's a local sheriff And he manages the bar He'll drive you if he thinks You shouldn't operate a car Folks round here Say welcome to this town Scotch. We're not picking our friends by which news they watch. We call nobody fool for what they're going through. Sit on down. Welcome to this town. Grab a chair. We're out in the yard. Making friends don't have to be Mighty glad you're here We don't put a name to everything we're supposed to fear Folks round here Say welcome to this town Welcome to this town We really hope you stay We don't care who you love We don't ask how you pray Not too big on rules Don't make you jump through
some, something positive out of the negative. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, you know, I think rather than focus on what we are unhappy about, maybe we should focus on how we wish it were and the vision, you know, create a vision for where we're going. Yeah, now that we can finally get back out again. Yeah, finally. I played at, uh, actually it was the first time I played at Thumbfest after the, the whole thing was 2021. And because it's outdoors and it's a one-day festival, they felt they were able to do it. And I've been playing at Thumbfest for, for decades, you know, as long as it's been there. And uh, it was just amazing to me how joyful everybody was to finally be able to go to. You know, and you, as, as, a, as a performer, you couldn't fail because whatever you did, they just, oh, they're so happy. It was oh, a yeah. great day. Better than nothing. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was great. So, yeah, that was that was a very good time. So we were talking about <coughs> wearing many hats: a singer, songwriter, guitarist. And you told me before the show began that you uh, you've been teaching over the years, as far as yeah, yeah. I uh, I've been a songwriting instructor in many situations at uh, you know festivals. They do workshops and and. Uh, uh, in, in other educational uh, places, and, and a lot of songwriting retreats. So I was on the staff of John Lamb's, who's a Royal Oak native, by the way. He's ah. John Lamb's retreat for songwriters up in Harbor Springs one time, and, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the Madison... Wisconsin Madison Songwriter Guild had a retreat, and I led the retreat for two years. And, mm -hmm. and there was one in Alcona at their arts uh, cooperative there that I did. But the, the coolest gig was my friend Dick Siegel. I don't know if you know Dick Siegel from Ann Arbor. Uh, he invited me to come and be on the staff with him at Interlochen. To oh, that was cool. And, and, yeah, because, uh, you know, Dick is, is a dedicated artist and, and really kind of a songwriting genius and and he put together a staff who all think about songwriting in a similar way and and it was uh, uh, each session was two weeks and uh, after the first year they made it two sessions so and Dick and I were the only people that were there for the whole time so we would go live there for a month and it was something intensive going on every day the whole time we were there it was just so exhausting but here are these uh, wonderful uh, teenage songwriters from all over the globe that have worked really hard to uh, to uh, hone their skills or you know they had to pass an audition to get in and to work with them you know it's just kind of miraculous and and uh yeah i did that for six years it was it was great really best gig ever that sounds like a lot of fun yeah it was a lot of fun it was exhausting so all in all how how long have you been uh, teaching as far as you know music and singer songwriting and stuff well like you know it's uh that was six years, and and then other other opportunities, you know, uh, are are occasional. I ran the 
the uh, songwriting program at the Wheatland Festival mm-hmm. for two years, and then you know the, they're they're rotating people through. So you know uh, it, it isn't like a full time thing. It's occasionally you get that gig, and okay. it's, but it's so rewarding, and and it forces you to really give a lot of thought to the whole process and the whole mm-hmm. experience of writing a song and what is this and and uh you know it definitely makes you better anyone that teaches knows you have to you, you learn more from teaching than <laughs> than your students do sometimes yeah. yeah okay all right i'd like to talk about it a little bit more but why don't we do a song in the meantime i could first? do a song yeah i know a few i think that's what we're here for <laughs> i've been doing this for a while i know a few songs Let's see if we can get this thing going And the way that they don't 
question the answer is yes Turns out in the end to every question the answer is yes Oh, 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 oh. answer is yes style that you play in, it kind of reminds me of um, like 60s folk. I don't know if uh, you're doing that on purpose or uh, some of the... I, some I'm of the not doing anything on purpose. Uh, anything on purpose. Oh, you're willing to admit it, huh? I just uh, like 60s, 70s. I even hear like a, you know, for me personally, my musical taste and what I've heard over the years, like even like early, like Jimmy Page, like in the first Zeppelin albums. Wow. Well, that's a huge compliment and <laughs> sort of way over my head, but thanks. <laughs> you know, I, I actually, as far as being proficient at all on guitar, I actually came to that real late. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I started out, you know, of course, I, I studied trumpet all through school, mm -hmm. and then I sort of gave that up for a while, and then I had to learn how to improvise because notes on a page is really boring. You yes. Know? And, and uh, I started fooling around with guitar when I was still mm -hmm. in high school, but, you know, I knew so many good guitarists, and I didn't actually ever learn it. I never actually learned, here's the right way to, you know. Yeah. And then I got in my first band as a pretty young person, there were two great guitarists, and I was the singer, and I played trumpet, and that was that. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I got in a really great band in Detroit called Energy that, that uh, uh, it was a 10-piece band, two white guys, you know, it was a different <laughs> kind of band. And, yeah. and Sweet P. Atkinson, who went on to be the lead singer in uh, Was Not Was, one of the singers was, was our Don, lead singer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and Don Was was part of the crew at the studio where we worked, mm -hmm. and and uh, so I was in the horn section, you know, I wasn't like I was fooling around with guitar. I was writing songs, but I wasn't much of a guitarist. Mm. <clears throat> and later, after a number of bands, I just, you know, because I in, in my DNA, I'm a songwriter. Mm -hmm. I got better because, you know, if you're going to write songs, you have to have an instrument of some kind. And, and then I started working as a solo act, and I realized pretty quickly on, you know, it's you got to be able to be the whole band. you got to make it interesting. Otherwise, yeah. me strumming on this guitar for two or three hours. The same three chords over and over again. <laughs> I mean, after a while. Yeah, so, it can be, yeah. So I just got better, but... Mm -hmm. I, uh, like I said earlier, I know a lot of guitarists that I look up to and that are my personal friends that are just in the area. Mm -hmm. So I think about the size of the world, like I, I'm just some guy <laughs> with a guitar. Yeah. But, <clears throat> but, you know, it, it, it enables me to accompany myself in a way that I find uh, pleasant. So mm -hmm. <laughs> that's my purpose hey like i said as long as you enjoy it and as long as a certain amount of other people do that's all that matters <clears throat> yeah i think uh, you know i'm at an age and it's clear that whatever 
you know, the music industry holds up as success has, has moved on over my head and <laughs> flown on by me, and I'm not worried about that part of it anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried about doing something that I, I am proud of. I've done a good piece of work. I don't see the flaw in it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of my measures of success. And the other one is, do you get it? Yeah. Does my audience get it? Mm-hmm. And I know that not everybody's my audience, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But the people that that I'm playing for, if I'm communicating my intent clearly, then that's my other uh, level of success. That if I do those two things, I've done my job well. That's mm-hmm. how I feel. Anyway. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's do another one. Another one. Yeah. Let me. Let me uh, grab a drink of water here. So you know, we were talking about the. The big shutdown, and everybody, all the songwriters I knew were, you know, I lost all my gigs. Everybody lost all their gigs. They were writing songs like crazy, of course. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of songs uh, from COVID and a lot of songs about COVID and <laughs> sort of thing. And I was <clears throat> early on, you know, and one of the things we all tried to do was do some live streaming sort of thing from our homes, which, you know, none of us were any good at, but we, we did it anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> and you either ta- learned how to do it or you didn't, <clears throat> you know. <laughs> right. And I was talking to a friend of mine, Grand Rapids, wonderful songwriter named uh, J. Oscar Bittinger. He goes by Oscar. And, uh, you know, we were, we were talking about trying to figure out this whole live streaming thing course and and uh, you know i was commis- we were commiserating about like you know the first thing you found thought discovered especially like with zoom was that delay problem <laughs> you know so we're complaining about delay and he said well there's gonna be delay <laughs> ten thousand miles of delay <laughs> and i went ah oh. we both went oh there's a song there. That's that's got to go in a song. There so you go. he kind of gave me permission to use that in, in song. In the song, uh, it sort of became. It took on a different path. <clears throat> so it became a discussion of uh, communication, in a way. You know, it's so interesting to me that we live in this day and age. Like when I, I'm an older person. I'm 70 years old, and when I was a kid, we had a party line. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to count the rings to make sure you weren't getting your neighbor's call. And, yeah. and, and everybody had one phone and everybody had one car and everybody had one TV. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> things have changed a lot. And now we live in a culture where, you know, you can pretty much one way or another, there's so many ways to contact people. You can, you can get in touch with people uh, almost instantly, almost anywhere on the planet. You can play a, a live set and somebody in Hong Kong can sit there right. and enjoy your performance. <clears throat> and yet, with that said, we are having so much trouble communicating with one another. Because <laughs> we stopped doing that. That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> It's so, all about like multiple and communication and distance and okay that was 10 seconds i'm bored on to the next thing exactly so that's that's where the song ended up Of the western wind at the mercy of the tide. 
move so much faster Like the blinking, blinking of an eye Messages they travel as quickly as the light You're only a heartbeat away Trying to unravel the truth behind your words Is like ten thousand miles Ten thousand miles Ten thousand miles of delay Like one more time Around the world Been living in a can't slow down And no one's listening swirl Fussing and fighting rolls into one more day, one more time, one more So you were telling me before the show that uh, you just released this past year a CD? 
Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I, I have a little home studio, and I've, I've, uh, this is my 10th CD, and it was 10 years between projects. I really just put it on the back burner. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of producing for local singer-songwriters and stuff and, uh, over the years, and, and that has kept me busy in the studio, and I just, I felt like, do I want to do another CD? i got a whole lot of them here in the basement collecting dust as it is, and, mm-hmm. and uh, but I had so many songs, and, and then I started recording, and... I had no agenda at all. I was just like, I'm just going to record. I don't have any money for the project. I'm just, so I ended up, you know, just kind of playing everything myself, mm-hmm. except drums. I had my, my dear friend Scott Williams play drums on the project. He's a great, great drummer. And uh, I got pretty far, pretty close to like, I think, the, you know, this is done, or pretty close to done. And then there, there, was, there was a songwriter named Michael Smith, Michael Peter Smith. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but people in folk music and, and uh, a lot of people in the songwriting world know Michael. And he was, in my opinion, you know, for my money, one of the greatest songwriters of our time in the English language. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people feel that way, even though he didn't reach the kind of fame that some other people have. And he, he did win a Tony, you mm-hmm. know, and he's, I mean, you know, he wrote a song that everybody has sung for decades called The Dutchman. And, and over the years, you know, I just became this wacky Michael Smith fan and I went to every workshop he gave and I went to every concert I could and, and I wrote to him and he would write back and eventually, um, he was a very private person, but eventually, you know, I sort of became his friend, mm-hmm. uh, not his best pal or anything, but no. we were friends. And, and, uh, so he liked my recording skills, I guess, cause he wanted to swap mixes and give each other advice. You know, and Michael was not one to mince words and he was not one to to start with the compliment first. You know, he just went, "Okay, this is wrong. This is wrong. (laughs) So that made me start over. I I went back and went, "Okay." Mm -hmm. so this project was sticking around for a really long time. And I finally just and we lost Michael in 2022 Mm. or 2020, I should say. And uh, and so I finally just got done with it and mm-hmm. said, there's no more I can, I can't remix it yet again. So, um, was his voice still haunting you afterwards? Like, no, oh, that's yeah. not right. Oh yeah. <laughs> in fact, I wrote a song, uh, when I heard that he was in hospice and it just felt like he was standing behind me going, no, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, so, so yeah, I finally put this, this record out and actually it became two records because mm-hmm. one of the biggest criticism was these songs don't belong together. And I thought, oh, he's right. I see that. So I I cut them in half and added new songs to each project. Okay. So so yeah, and and I had a release party at Trinity House Theater with a whole band full of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my friend Scott on drums and Jim Beiser, if you know Jim, was my mm-hmm. uh, guitarist and. Jeff Schott from the Hackwells was my bassist. Okay. And then I had three great singers, uh, um, Beverly Meyer, also known as the Music Lady, and uh, uh, Mary Beth Howell, and then John Finan. 
was was my other singer. So I had three singers mm-hmm. and a full band. It was really fun, and we sold out the the room. And so that was a nice, a nice night. Yeah, it's nice to have a night like that. Yeah, definitely. So I imagine people can uh, get that CD the usual places. <clears throat> well, you know, it's on all the streaming services. You can find it everywhere, and of course, on my website, it, we're now uh, selling digital downloads uh, through my website, and uh, and they can they can go there. It's just just look for danhazlett.com. It's mm-hmm. easy to find. And uh, as far as the actual physical copy, I don't have that many left. <laughs> Ah. I got like less than 20. Close so come to, to a sellout, show. folks. <laughs> come to a show. There I don't go. know if I'll have more made or not. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, you know, CDs, who's, who wants them, you know? Well, you know, it's hard to be able to play them anymore because if you have a newer car, right. newer computer or laptop, right. they don't have CD players built in anymore. Right. Most right. people, it's all digital download. It's something you can put in your pocket and you can pull it out and listen to your music. Yep. Yeah. Yep, but I believe people still want stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's gonna, there's always gonna be a new way. I still want the old-fashioned vinyl with a whole lot of poster or yeah, I do cover too, and, and I know a lot of young people that do too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so something will happen, I think. Hopefully. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, if they if they, if they want one, they can still get one from me. They can there's there's a function they can buy online and I will mail it to them or they can come to a show. That's the best way, of course. That's the best way, yes. All right. Why don't we do another one? Okay. Well, this is, this is another one. It's on the CD as well. And it goes... Remember what it brings 
John When he's had a few to drink That's the recipe for cool Don't go crying like a fool No one cares to hear that you Think that you've got it rough Boy, it pays to play to sit at the cool kids table <laughs> yeah. I, I was always the, the person that I made sure that the, the cool kids were not afraid of me as in physically afraid of me but just like no nah, I don't want to hang around that guy <laughs> <laughs> that's a good idea yeah maybe give them something to think about it's like you know yeah I basically ended up at the burnout table because I was one of them me too me too <laughs> All right, so we got about 15 more minutes. So we'll try to squeeze a couple more songs in. I did want to ask you, though, um, since you started uh, teaching others, what do you think is different now, or has your approach changed in how you um, instruct people how to write songs, you know, just with changing times and, you know, taste and all that? You know, it's interesting that you say that, because my friend Dick Siegel, um, he was also a songwriting instructor at U of M, Mm-hmm. And uh, he started, you know, the, he started a program there that just got really popular and moved into the music school part of U of M. And it was cool. And uh, I was talking to him 
I think last year, and he said that he had retired from that job, hmm. and it was he was having trouble communicating with the students because their idea of songwriting had changed so much mm. that it was hard for them to to be on the same wavelength. Mm. And and you know it's I mean I don't want to be spend my whole time criticizing the music industry or where it's going or what has happened but we all know that since deregulation that the music industry has just been corporatized in a way that, mm. you know, the, the same thing that they're doing with food. They want to just give us something that we're so programmed into that we'll accept it, which yeah. is why what you hear on the radio is not really ever new anymore. Mm-hmm. It's wow. like, you know, there's one kind of rap music, right? There's one kind of jazz music. There's one kind of smooth jazz. You know, they, it's very pigeonholed and Even rock, formulaic. You know, it's like hard rock, like a, the stuff they play on the right. commercial stations. You and I grew up in a time when it was wide open. Anything mm-hmm. went because nobody knew what would sell because it was just so creative and yeah. beautiful. And all that is still happening. It's still happening, but it's not happening. It's underground now. It's under the ra- radar. Mm-hmm. And so kids are growing up thinking, Oh, this is what music is. Uh We had so many kids, students, that uh, sang in a particular style. They sounded so much like the radio, you know. And even you could tell they were trying to emulate (laughs) auto-tune, you know. Mm -hmm. We had a a girl that was there from um, New Zealand. And she had that beautiful Maori accent, you know, mm-hmm. when she spoke. And when she sang, she sang like an American pop star. <laughs> and I yeah. asked her, I said, how come you don't speak and sing in your normal accent because it's so cool? And she said, don't I? Like she had no idea. Mm-hmm. She did the, you know, and the idea, I think people have come to not know what a song is. Mm-hmm. They think a song is a recording of a song or presentation of a song Mm -hmm. you know and so a lot of the records we get now are just spectacle and there's not really much of a song in there no it's not you know and And, and a lot of it's so it's created by computers now the pop songs that they always have articles about that right and 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 you know i think there was I, i heard about a beyonce tune that i think had uh uh you know five songwriters and eight producers and there's five words in the song or something like that you know it's like that whole team of people to come up with that exactly meanwhile you have bohemian rhapsody where basically freddie did the whole thing pretty much almost by himself yeah and there are so many really really gifted songwriters just in our area Mm -hmm. i'm in a in a group i'm one of the founding members of a group called songwriters anonymous i don't know if you've heard of us you've heard of it and uh we meet we meet uh every third wednesday at the trinity house theater Mm -hmm. and it's just a support group but there are so many good songwriters just in that group Mm -hmm. and that's just uh just the tip of the iceberg for this area let alone the whole country let alone the whole country or the whole world there are great Mm -hmm. songs being written we're in a renaissance of songwriting Mm -hmm. is this that you don't get to hear them (laughs) on the radio in in commercial mainstream anymore yep it's a shame but hopefully they'll come around again hopefully before we pass well, what I believe is what we do is filling a necessary void in, in the human spirit. People need to hear real live music created from the heart, and they will always seek it out. It's just that, you know, we'll be doing it in little venues 
here and there and eking, and eking out a living. And maybe that's how it should work. I don't know. I mean, you know, what's it for? It's for this moment right here that you and I are having. That's what, the, what I wrote the song for, you know. And the one bright so. side, I, as long as you continue to do that, you don't have to worry about the corporate people, you know, wanting to get a hold of you and ruin it. They don't care about me at all. <laughs> they don't no. even know I'm here. They don't so. care, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's the first time I've heard you. <laughs> that's okay. And my voice isn't much to hear anyway, you know. I'm not a singer or, or a songwriter. <laughs> Yes, but you have a great broadcast voice. Oh, thank so. you. I've been told that a couple of times at least. Yeah. My family and friends, I pay him to say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's try to squeeze in at least a couple more songs. Okay. Let's see. Oh. Oh, okay. So I wrote a, I wrote a couple of musicals. And uh, one of them was I produced in... in, in music venues. We went and performed all over. Went really well. It was mm-hmm. really cool. And then I wrote another one with my daughter, Grace. And this is meant for a whole theater company to, and that I won't be involved in. It'll just be... And, and uh, uh, we're still looking for a home for that. But in this musical... Um, of course, the main character is a songwriter. His name is Winston Coleman, and he was born in 1905, so he was a Tin Pan Alley guy. Okay. And he's always trying to get his songs into movie uh, Hollywood musicals, mm-hmm. uh, pretty much unsuccessfully, by the way. And so it's all in a particular style. All the, it was really fun to write this. So this, if, if there was such a thing as a theme song for the, for the play, this would probably be it.
think you read my mind, Dan. <laughs> I was wondering, do you ever do a song where you do all three instruments, a solo, and you, you did exactly that? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. It, you know, it can get tiresome, so I try to... Mix it up. Mix it up and not have too many looper tunes, you know, in a show and mm -hmm. sort of thing. <clears throat> I mean, when I first discovered it, I was like, every song, you know, yeah. after a while, eh, I'm sick of that. So Yeah, it's a novelty at first, and you're so geeked about it, and, you know, I was the same thing when I was younger and I played guitar, I'd, you know, always get a new effects machine or a pedal, and that's all you wanted to do was play with that one, you know, new yeah. toy, but yes. eventually, you know, the, it dies down, it's not as interesting. But, uh, yeah, we, we're running out of time, but uh, thank you so much for coming down and playing for us, Dan. Well, really appreciated you. it. Thank you for having me, Scott. This has really been a gas. It's mm -hmm. been a lot of fun. All right. And you're doing a great job here. So mm, Thank you very we, much. I we appreciate all it. appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, once again, Dan Hazlett. And one more. Oh, play one more. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, this, is we your, this is your encore. Oh. <laughs> sorry. It has to be an encore number. Yeah, like Freebird oh or God. something. Huh? <laughs> I could do Freebird. What will I do? Um, I'll do this one.